Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better get them up, get them going. It is straight up 6 a.m. on a buck-off Thursday on B&A. Show of the people, off we go. Four hours of fun, conversation, and buck-offs for the final time on this program. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers, who are off to a 2-0 start to their 2023 PBR season out in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Won their first two head-to-head battles up there at Frontier Days. Jose Vitor Leme has been spectacular, and Austin Gambler's off to a 2-0 start so far. We will keep you posted to buck on to them for sure as we launch you on the 27th of July. We appreciate you being there right now and all morning long, all day long, right here on 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. And you know we're always streaming for you. Download that Horn app, have it in your pocket wherever you go. Listen to the shows on the Horn, also on your uh, smart speaker at home and work, and always Mr. Godbolt streaming for you live and on our Twitch channel digitally at the website at hornfm.com. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much during this heat wave. Uh, we do appreciate it. We appreciate it during the cold. We appreciate it during the rain. You do a great job. At all times, and we do appreciate that. Be careful out there, please. No question about it. And, uh, yeah, the final buck-off Thursday that we'll have, uh, as we've uh, talked about throughout the week. But, uh, yeah, buck-offs stemmed from your name. Remember we used to have buck-off hats and oh my goodness. gear and T-shirts? Had to get rid of the hats because it didn't look like a bee. It looked like something else. <laughs> yeah, it became a little bit of a uh, controversy. A word to the golf course one time, and somebody said, is that what I think it is? Yeah, man. I said, no, it says buck-off. They said, well, look at this angle. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Those are cool hats, Doesn't too. Look like a bee. Sharp-looking hats. Everybody wanted one back in the day. Uh, but, yes, and we appreciate the Austin Gamblers as their event. Uh, of course, they're in Cheyenne, Wyoming undefeated. right now. Undefeated. They're undefeated so far and uh, doing well. A couple of wins, and we'll keep you posted. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the, the um, what do they call that? The, the uh, you know, it's not a home event for any one of the of the teams. It's uh it's everybody there in Cheyenne for Frontier Days to start the 2023 bull riding season. Uh, and they, were, they, of course, the Austin Gamblers, your hometown 
bull riding squad with uh, the best rider in the world uh, anchoring that team. And they bring his buck off Thursday today and every Thursday uh, here through the summer. They'll be back, by the way, at the uh, Moody Center for their big event, Gambler Days, at the end of next month, August 25th, 6th, and 7th. So make your plans to be out there. That's a great weekend of uh, high-intensity bull riding. There was high-intensity in Houston last night. Tempers boiling over. Playoff atmosphere. Astros, Rangers. We'll get you details there and hear from some of the participants there. Huge news developing out of uh, Boulder, Colorado and college athletics. It's not surprising. You've been listening to this show, uh, but it's certainly uh, on the move uh, with Colorado. We'll get you details there. Uh, we've got major news from baseball and the trade deadline. Looks like Shohei Otani is off the market, and the LA Angels are going to be buyers at the deadline. Actually, I've already made a trade. Got Women's World Cup down under, Austin FC making moves, and of course the buck-ons and buck-offs from you throughout the course of the morning. That's what the show of the people is all about. You can hit us at the Specs text line, 512-337-3776 is how you'll do it. Uh, Ty Henderson is through the glass. Buck is here. Let's hit it with the headlines, get you caught up on the news of the morning, then we'll talk about it. UVO Business Services, and now we'll start with major college sports news developing from Boulder, Colorado. Um, all eyes on Boulder following a unanimous vote in the Big 12 among their presidents and chancellors last night, uh, in which they voted to accept Colorado as a new conference member if they wish to do so. University of Colorado Board of Regents, meanwhile, have scheduled an emergency board of uh, directors meeting for this afternoon with the expectation the school will formally vote to leave the Pac-12 and officially request admission back into the Big 12, where Colorado was a member from 1996 through 2010. It's a move that could start the domino effect of further defections out of the Pac-12, further conference realignment with Utah and the two other Arizona schools as prime candidates. Obviously, we'll see what Colorado does today. To baseball and tempers flaring last night in Houston, Adolis Garcia blasted a grand slam to highlight a seven-run fifth inning as the AL West leading Texas Rangers got out the big bass and clobbered the second-place Astros 13 to 5. They salvage a game in that three game series, leave Houston with a two game lead in the division. The series has featured a playoff level of intensity between the Lone Star rivals and following that Garcia Grand Slam nearly boiled over as he and Marcus Simeon exchanged words with Houston catcher Martin Maldonado at home plate. That led to benches and bullpens emptying. No punches thrown in the scrum around home plate, but uh, Maldonado and Simeon were ejected. Both teams will take the day off. Texas heads to San Diego this weekend. Houston. Los Tampa for a three-game series this weekend. Also last night, Round Rock Express lost in El Paso 7-6 on a walk-off home run in the ninth. Big baseball news from L.A. yesterday. After fielding various trade offers and following an internal discussion, the L.A. Angels have decided they're not trading Shohei Otani, taking him off the market. They then promptly became trade deadline buyers, sent a pair of their top prospects to the Chicago White Sox for starting pitcher Lucas Giolito. Angels are currently seven games back of the Rangers in the AL West, four games out of an American League wild spot. The organization has not been in the playoffs in eight years. Another trade completed yesterday. That's for the L.A. Dodgers and Cleveland Guardians hooking up to agree on a trade that will send shortstop Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers in exchange for veteran right-hander Noah Syndergaard and cash. League's trade deadline is Tuesday. Soccer, Women's World Cup down under. You went U.S. Women's National Team in the Netherlands played to a 1-1 draw yesterday. That leaves both teams well-positioned to qualify for the World Cup's round of 16. Two teams are level in Group E with four points apiece. Up next, U.S. Women's National Team will face Portugal. Netherlands will face Vietnam to decide who wins that group. Uh, news from Major League Soccer, Austin FC made a move yesterday in an effort to bolster their back line. They have acquired former MLS Defensive Player of the Year Matt Hedges from Toronto FC. 33-year-old center back is a 12-year league veteran who won the league's top defensive honor back in 2016. He will join the Verde and Black from Toronto in exchange for 2024 and 25 general allocation dollars. After the trade was completed, Hedges signed a new contract with Houston or with Austin through the end of the season. Uh, club options for 25 and 26 as well. He is expected on the pitch Saturday night when Austin FC hosts 
FC Juarez in a must-win Liga Leagues Cup match at Q2 Stadium. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, so a lot there. We'll get to that Astros-Rangers uh, dust-up. That was just uh, bound to happen because if you were watching the game, Framber, in the first inning, uh, Andrew Heaney, the left-hander of the Rangers, hit Jordan Alvarez in the, in the right shoulder, right up by his head. It hit him in the top of his right shoulder. Uh, I do not believe that was an intentional situation. I think it was a four-seam fastball that got away from him. Uh, but it did ride up on, on on Jordan. That was Jordan's first at-bat back from being on the injured list. and. Uh, got up by his head and neck area, which is always going to be concerning. But it was an 0-2 count, uh, and there's no way he's throwing that pitch up 0-2 in the, in the count. Just got away from him. But the Astros came back, and Framber Valdez threw up and in on Marcus Simeon, uh, the Rangers, one of the Rangers' best players, uh, and came up in his kitchen and hit him. Uh, and that really lit the fuse because both teams were then warned. I think the Rangers were upset because they don't think Heaney's was, was intentional, but Framber's might have been. And that, of course, they're rivals, and this is, you know, for the division and those kind of things. So uh, that led to, uh, uh, you know, Marcus Simeon then scored on that after he was hit by that pitch uh, early in the game. And he says as he walked by Martin Maldonado, he told him, we're going to win this game. Uh, and they went on to clobber Houston, and uh, he hit the, you know, he was part of that grand slam Adolis Garcia hit, and that seven or fifth. He said, we're going to win this game just like when you were in Oakland. So he was just throwing a little shade. Be yeah. Like, you never win. A little trash talk. Mm. A little trash talk. Um, what do you mean? Just like you're in Oakland? That's I. That, that so I said we're I, we're gonna, we can play the interview later after the game. But he was like that. He, he said that Martin Perez was like just like when you were in Oakland. We're gonna beat you. Well, that's Martin Maldonado, and the oh, Astros. Yeah. He's been he's done plenty of winning with the Astros. So I don't know. Talk a that, lot of trash for a nine hole hitter, though. I don't know. Martin the El Machete. I, I the heart and soul El of that Machete team. Machete at number whole, nine. He's the uh, heart and soul of that team. Uh, big part of why that pitching staff has been so good for so long behind the plate. He's not a great hitter, but uh, he's done a lot of winning in Houston uh, with the, the two World Series and four trips. and uh, A lot more than the Rangers, by the way. A lot more winning than Marcus Simeon has done. I don't know. Astros fans were a little little up up and up in fire last night after that game. Actually, well, like, oh, well, that was y'all's World Series. And it's like, well, why why are you all so mad then? I, I, I don't know. I don't think – A lot of people on Twitter were very upset. Well, they, they weren't playing the game. I don't think the Rangers – Rangers got, got, in, got fired up with the, the, the two hit you by pitches. poke the bear. Poke the bear. Well, you, we'll see. going to mess around. We'll see. Astros still two games back. It's going to be a good race into August. Did, did you see the text I sent you after the game last night, though? Yeah, you were betting on this thing live? I decided to – Lift my my no betting. The ban is gone. The ban was gone, and they, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna live bet this in the first inning because I finally I found a stream where I could watch the game. So I was I was like, oh, I'll put a little bit of money down, uh, plus one hundred, put a hundred bucks down, plus one eighty, put another hundred down, and then they hit the three run home run. They're plus six fifty. So I was like, ah, triple down. So it ended up if the, it was ra- Rangers straight up one a thousand dollars right there. Good night. But I'm I'm done for the week. There you so go. Take that money and run. There you go. Take the money and Until run. Until the next bet. Isn't Steve Miller band out at uh, Coda tonight? Take Ooh. the money and run. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Well, I have money to go to that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Go see the show out at Circuit of the Americas in the uh, uh, amphitheater out there. So, yes. I mean, look, I mean, that's playoff atmosphere. That's what it's about. And their little trash talk. Um, I loved it. Tit for tat. That's a good thing. That's that's this, this series hasn't been like that in a while. When if you go back to when A.J. Hinch was in Houston and. Uh, uh, you had you guys like Rugnet Odor with the Rangers last time they were in contention. It, this this would happen too. That's what happens when you have a rivalry. Uh, it's a good stuff. And the Astros have taken the first two games. And I will say, Framber Valdez was a mess last night. He was all over the place. 
Um, his ball was moving a lot, but he really couldn't control where it was going. Uh, and that was not a good outing for him, and the Rangers took advantage of that and pounded lumps into uh, Houston. Do you think that last five. pitch that he threw, that was a little high, high and in? When the, the last pitch before Dusty took him out, do you think that was on purpose? No, I just think he couldn't control his ball last night. I mean, he was throwing this screwball that kept – I mean, for a left-handed pitcher to be able to back it up on left-handed hitters, and it was like Fernando back in the day, but, but he just couldn't get control of it. Uh, movement too much, and he was, you know, when he's on, he's really hard to hit and one of the tougher pitchers in all of baseball, uh, but he was not on last night, that's safe to say, and the Rangers took full advantage, and um, that's what you get from the best offense in baseball. When you have a struggling pitcher, they're going to put uh, great at-bats together and uh, put a lot of runs on the board, what Texas did last night. Um, they, they hit double digits quite a bit, uh, including in the first, well, pretty close in the first game of the series that they lost because their bullpen couldn't hold it in that uh, Astro walk-off win. But good series, good playoff intensity. That's what it's all about. Still uh, two more months of baseball to go to decide that division, and we will certainly uh, keep you posted there. But the big news, Buck, in college athletics is happening in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, if you missed it uh, just now in the headlines, the, the Big 12 presidents scrambled to have an emergency vote last night on a Zoom call, and, um, and this is the Big 12 presidents that do not include Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, the, the new schools, plus the remaining Big 12 chancellors and presidents have voted unanimously last night to accept Colorado as a new member should they request admission. So that was the first step here. Uh, word I got a word from Boulder yesterday, from a Big 12 source yesterday, that keep an eye on Boulder. Things are moving, and that's because the Board of Regents of Colorado met yesterday and discussed this. That led to the Big 12 presidents and chancellors meeting last night, which will lead to a second meeting today among the uh, the folks at Colorado, and the expectation is they are going to vote to, yes, request official move into the Big 12 Conference and out of the Pac-12. Well, it gives the, opens up the floodgates for either Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. We have to do something. We can't remain in this, this well, conference. And we told you uh, late last week on Friday when the Pac-12 held their, big, their Pac-12 media day, and George Klyavkov, their commissioner, had no new media rights deal to present to them because he hasn't been able to put one together that's going to appease the, the programs. They've been patient. They've been patiently waiting for what, okay, what do you, what do you put it on the table that, that is our next media rights deal? Uh, you know, put it in front of us and we'll see if we can do it. But George Klyavkov has not been able to cobble one together from the media, various media networks. You know, Fox and ESPN are, are done. They're not buying much anymore. They've, you know, ESPN's in charge of the SEC and ACC. Um, you, you know, the Big 12, of course, and, uh, um, you know, they're, you know, ESPN owns at this point moving forward. You know, and when, start once twenty twenty four hits, ESPN will own what what is the SEC. It's moving away from CBS. They also are in control of the Big Twelve and the ACC. Fox owns the Big Ten, which now includes and will include USC and UCLA. So those two heavy hitters weren't really bidding on the Pac twelve. ESPN was throwing small deals their way, and that led them to you know where are you going to go? Apple Plus, you know, streaming services to try to put together a media rights deal that's just not there. And that's why Colorado, I think, has finally said, okay, enough, enough. We've waited long enough. We've been engaged with Brett Yormark in the Big 12 for a year now. Uh, we're going to jump ship. We're going to go. And as you said, that could very well lead to – now, there's already word from the West Coast that George Klyavkov has put San Diego State, SMU, and some other schools on notice that if, if and when Colorado officially requests to join the Big 12 – that we're going to invite you to join our conference to try to do Why? something. Well, that's to try to keep Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. It's an effort. I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, I think once Colorado leaves you know, on top of USC and UCLA, I mean, think about that. You're losing the two teams in the number two market in the country, and now whatever Colorado is, that now ha they now have Deion Sanders running their football program, 
and they're in Denver, which is a top 12 media market, and uh, they're losing that. Uh, you know, and that's there's not much there as far as you know. You got the whole West Coast. I get that, but at the same time, as far as it being able to put together a, a media rights package that's going to be anywhere near what the Big 12 can offer, uh, what obviously what the SEC and the Big 10 are doing. Uh, and, and so schools are going to be looking to, instead of trying to stay united as a conference, they'll be looking to do what's best for them. Is the most attractive thing about Colorado beyond? Um, I would say right now, because yes. Because I, I think they'll come in and probably be the worst team. Well, I think right, right now, yes. Yeah, they don't sure. have a baseball team. Well, yes. I mean, this is. Uh, they'll have a bunch of eyes watching them no what, matter what, what, when they play or when they get stomped. Yeah, what, but they don't have much of like, people don't go to games at Boulder. Correct, you but, know, but they have in the past. I mean, that's the whole when you when you consider Colorado, you have to consider what they can be, and what that media market right. is when they are good. And uh, we've seen it when Gary Barnett was there. Mm-hmm. You know, they had packed houses. They were a, a tremendous program. Uh, Bill McCartney, they were a tremendous program. They just haven't been very good. That was before weed was legal, though. Well, and they would also tell you that that much like Nebraska, their decision to leave the Big Twelve uh, and go to the Pac twelve was not a good decision. It was not a good move for them for their athletic department and their programs. Uh, when they were playing in the Big 12 and playing games in the state of Texas and being able to recruit the state of Texas yes. and bring athletes to Boulder, they were a power program, uh, much like Nebraska was. And they don't play those games anymore. And neither, you know, Colorado nor Nebraska has a a, a you know a, a recruiting base, uh, general area that that's going to su- support a, a top football program. Uh, and this hasn't worked since they've gone to the Pac-12, and I think this that's part of this, too. And if you're Brett Yormark in the Big 12 Conference, you're thinking, okay, yeah, right now they're down, but Deion Sanders has taken that job, which gives it a lot of sex appeal. A lot appeal. of eyes. And, you know, what Maybe can, not a lot of wins, but a lot of eyes. And what, what can it be? What can that program be? Can they get back into playing games in the state of Texas, uh, playing in the South, um, you know, building their recruiting? And it's, there's no guarantee there, but... Denver is a solid media market. Denver is a big media market. Their their NBA team just won the NBA championship. It's a good fans. It's a good fan base and city for sports. And I know it's you know an hour away, but you still can can claim general Denver, Colorado, uh, and you know it, it it also firms up to the western flank of the Big Twelve. If if and that's the big if. If this move would then precipitate the domino of Utah potentially joining because BYU is already in the Big Twelve and that's a natural rival, obviously with the Holy War, and then would that lead to Arizona and Arizona State? What I've heard is that Arizona is kind of itchy to go. They, they'd be wanting to leave, but they've been uh, you know, convinced by Arizona State, their in-state you know, partner, to, to be patient and wait on this thing. Let's try to keep this together in the Pac-12. Uh, we'll see uh, where that goes. I mean, uh, this Colorado move obviously further destabilizes what's left of the Pac-12 and puts everything in and question. And I think the Big Ten will sit around and wait a little bit and – They'll find out what Phil Knight wants to do with his money. Yeah, Oregon and Washington, the other big names to watch for in this whole I can process. Does the Big 12 go over after Oregon? Uh, you know what? I think they should, but they probably won't. I think the Big 10 will get try to get Oregon. The Oregon fits, like, the play style-wise to what the Big 12 tries to, tries to do. Well, most of those Pac-12 Pac teams do. I mean, Oregon, Utah would be great. It would be great for the Big 12, but I don't think they'll get them both. I think Phil Knight. And I, I think Utah may even wait around. I think Oregon, Utah go together somewhere. Stanford uh, too. I think Stanford's more likely I mean, to I think, go to Big I mean, Ten. At this point, when yeah, you get to the point that you're not, parts, yeah. when you get to the point where you're not trying to salvage the Pac-12 and you're just doing you're just what's running, best for yeah. you, you're going. Where is it best for me? Right. Uh, I still think Utah is a more likely fit in the Big Twelve because they already have BYU, which is their in-state rival. There's a natural rivalry there, which would be great. 
Uh, and especially if you get the, you know, as they call them the four corner schools, if all four would come, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, with BYU already in the Big 12, uh, Texas Tech in far west Texas, that's a, a, a strong western flank of the new, flank of the new Big 12. Uh, Oregon, Washington at that point, because look, at that point the Big 10 could say, you know what, we didn't, this, this, you know, this, these schools are making their own decisions. Because as I've told you, the Big 10 is, the reason the Big 10 backed off of pursuing Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and some other schools in the wake of the USC, UCLA, was the the idea that they didn't want to be seen as the team tearing apart that the 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 league tearing apart that conference, yeah. uh, and, and 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 you know, and then they of course their their conference commissioner Kevin Warren took a job with the Chicago Bears, so they were without a commissioner for several months in the Big Ten, which put a pause on any moves. But if this happens, if Colorado then decides, okay, we're going to the Big Twelve. And that leads other schools like in the four corners to make those decisions. Well, now the Big Ten can come back and re-engage and Absolutely. say, "Absolutely, you know, we're just taking this is you guys are falling apart. Uh, they're calling us. You know what I mean? Washington and Oregon are calling us because they want the stability. Uh, and so, yes, this move today with Colorado will re- relight the fuse on on a lot of conference expansion, in my opinion. What happened to the alliance? Oh, there that was gone long ago. <laughs> the alliance. <laughs> Well, that that was broken, obviously. When yeah, with USC and USC UCLA. and UCLA. I mean, when when they shocked everyone on the heels of Texas and Oklahoma, um, the alliance was over. There was no alliance at that point, and um, you know here we are, and now Colorado. And look, had, had George Klyavkov been able to put together a media rights deal that was on par with what the Big Twelve was already getting and has put in front of them, then you know a lot of those schools would have stayed, and, and the Pac-12 could have stayed united. But sure, the, BYU would have stayed. The money just hasn't come. Well, the big BYU was itchy to jump out of the independent status and join the Big 12 just as soon as they invited them. Um, you know, the the independent thing is going to be harder and harder to maintain as the conferences solidify. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just not enough there's there's not enough money on the table to support. And if you're Arizona, if you're Arizona State, if you're Colorado, you just have to look at that and say, look, we're going to make a lot more money annually in the Big 12 than they are, we are in the Pac-12, and that's where we have to be if we want to maintain. You know, competitive athletic departments within this current realm of college athletics, and you know that's just that's what you get. You know, you you wait to see if you can keep your conference, but at that point, at some point, you have to say, "I'm, we're going where where it's best for us," and that's what I think we're seeing. Yeah, happening. Phil Knight and Oregon will try to be Notre Dame. We we can hold out for a while, but we got to go somewhere. We got to play somewhere, and it can't be in the Big Twelve in the, in the Pac Twelve. I think there's nothing to play for there. Well, I mean, again, we will see because I think it'll be the Big Ten with Oregon. Uh, oh, I think it'll, oh, it'll be, be big business in Washington. Uh, maybe even Stanford. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, the Big Ten conference is built on big state schools, uh, big alumni bases, um, and that's what Oregon and Washington are, right? Academics. Now, they're on the West Coast, but as I've said all along, the Big Ten at some point, if you're bringing USC and UCLA, you have to have other schools on the West Coast within the conference somehow that they can play. Because, you know, yeah, you can travel and play three, four football games a year in the Midwest and even into the East Coast. But in other sports, USC and UCLA are going to have to have conference rivals that are with within somewhat somewhat of a regional shouting distance. It makes more distance. sense if it's Washington and Oregon. Is there going to be a limit? And maybe Stanford. To, like, how many teams can be in these conferences, though? Because if, if you're talking about those three or four teams joining, the, the Big Ten's going to be... Like 20, 20, 20 teams? Well, I mean, I would say the limit would be how much, how many different ways are you willing to cut Split the pie? Split the pie, yeah. I mean, that's the debate because the, the media rights dollars would increase a little bit with, with Oregon and Washington. But, you know, how much are the other schools willing to, to give up to add? Uh, but at some point there has to be consideration to USC and UCLA needing further, you know, West Coast teams. But at a certain point you're only playing 
like if you did if they still did divisions within the conference, you'd be only playing the other division. Uh, I mean, they could set it up differently, but like every five years, yeah, one time every five years. Yeah, it's more and more like the National Football League, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's it's, really what it is. And, and be weird. I just think I mean I think what's happening now is it, it was it was inevitable a year ago. If they couldn't put a media rights deal together, that's going to make them happy. And because again, you got to get all the the ten remaining Pac-12 schools to vote on it. And if you can't get the votes to the media rights package, then you can't you can't stay together. I mean, it just it just won't be. And they'll end up somewhere else. And that's what I think Oregon and Washington are holding out for. Obviously, Colorado not happy with it, that a deal never was presented, and now they're going to jump ship to the Big 12 today. Which now they're down to nine. And um, you know, I think it's only a matter of time with Oregon and Washington because those are two the two prime apples outside of Utah, uh, Arizona, and Arizona State. So we'll see. I think the Pac-12's days are numbers numbered as a major well, I football and athletic estimate conference. Estimate the the you know academic and I mean still West Coast with Stanford too. Yeah, and their yeah. athletic programs. And uh, yeah, I mean they they are Directors Cup winners. They've had a good football team with Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw. Really competitive, high end, but it's fallen on a little bit of hard times. But doesn't mean they can't come back, especially if you're getting that Big Ten money. Uh, and Stanford would make sense to the academic standards of what the Big Ten pre, you know, claims to want. Yes, for sure. And does that, you know, adding Stanford to the Big Ten along with Washington and uh, and, Oregon. and Oregon, you know, does that push Notre Dame even further to say, you know what, we got we got to do something? Well, now the, well, now the Big Ten has added all of our conference, all of our natural rivals. Sure, the, the Irish's national rivals are USC, Michigan, Stanford. Well, now that at that point they would all be in the Big Ten. And I, I think they play. I think Notre Dame plays. Ohio State again this year. They played. They played them last year. Did they not? I don't think they do. No, I'm not sure. Did they, they play them last year? I think they have a game with them again this year in September. All right, we'll see. Now, look, we'll we'll see what the regions vote today. I mean, there's an emergency meeting in the mountains to vote, and uh, I think most expectation is they're going to vote because they met yesterday, and then last night the Big Twelve did their part, and the chancellors and presidents voted unanimously to. Except Colorado, if they ask for the invitation, or ask to be to join the conference, which is what today's meeting is essentially all about, and we'll keep you posted as it happens. We'll also talk more about that Rangers Astros series last night. We'll hear from Marcus Simeon on what happened at home plate with he and Martin Maldonado. We'll get some B and E facts of the day, and certainly we need your buck ons and buck offs on this Thursday. Hit them up on the Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. It's B and E on the horn. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, following developments in Boulder, Colorado, further conference realignment is on its way. Looks like the uh, Colorado Buffaloes are coming out of the Pac-12, back to the Big 12, where they remember from the mid-'90s through 2010. I remember them. You do remember them. Yeah, somebody texted and said, E, what are you talking about, Gary Barnett? That's like 20 years ago. Well, look, I mean, you look at the, the, the Colorado's decline, it coincides com- completely with their move from the Big 12 to the Pac-12 in 2010. They were a very competitive and, if not, you know, top-level college football program 
up until the late you know 2010s, and that's when Gary Barnett left and they moved to the pack to the Pac-12, and it just it, it hasn't worked. Um, recruiting has, has has waned, and and I'm not saying that just by join, rejoining the Big 12 that it would come back immediately, but Deion Sanders is there. Uh, that's going to bring a lot of eyeballs and attention. I'm being a lot more recruiting back to the state of Texas for them. Well, and again, when you're selling media rights packages, what, you, what you're trying to find is eyeballs, right? You're trying to find people who are watching games, engaged in games, and that's what they're paying for. And um, they recruited a lot of players out of the Metroplex, too, sure. during and that time. No question. Um, and they were they had a deep, uh, you know, Bill McCartney, when he was building yes. you know, them into that power uh, in, the eight, in, in the early 90s, were you know, built deep in Texas and going coast to coast to Colorado. And Gary Barnett picked that up and kept – Kept that, uh, that that rolling, and of course, when Texas won the national championship in 05, they had to smash Colorado in the Big 12 title game to get there. Uh, Colorado was still competitive into that point, but uh, uh, that's where it stands. I mentioned media markets when you're because when media rights deals are looking for eyeballs, Denver is the 17th rated media market in the country. It's on par with Minneapolis, St. Paul, you know, Orlando uh, as far as market size. Miami is 18th on that list. Um, you know, that's 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 a pretty decent market, and if you could add that plus. What's going on out in uh, Phoenix, General Phoenix, Prescott, Arizona is how they call it in the media market. That is number 11 in the rankings. That's what the Big 12 is looking at uh, to add the, the western flank potentially to the new-look Big 12. And obviously with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, if, if in best-case scenario for the Big 12, they could add those four schools, uh, the four the four corner schools, they would have, they'd be to 16, just like the SEC. They'd be in, you know, Four four different time zones playing college athletics, and that's uh, that's a big goal for, for for conferences when it comes time to negotiate media rights deals. Uh, we'll follow it, and uh, Colorado could be the first making the move. Yeah, that move is going to happen. So Vince Young pretty much ended Gary Barnett's coaching career. Yeah, well, from what I'm looking at here on Wikipedia. Yeah, I didn't realize he also coached Northwestern to a Big Ten title. Yes, 1995. Oh well, I mean the history lesson there is Gary Barnett was nearly the head coach of Texas. Uh, when he was doing such a great job at Northwestern, yep. Uh, if you you know the story, the uh, Longhorns were looking for a replacement for your boss, John Makovic, and there were two choices: there was Gary Barnett, and there was Mac Brown. And uh, you know, there was a time where it was believed that was close too. It was very close. There was a time it was believed that uh, I mean, as the story is told, they you know, they were they had a search committee, and one plane of search committee members flew to Chicago to meet with Gary Barnett. The other blew, flew to Atlanta to meet with Mac Brown, and the Lost Odds was a part of the group that went to Chicago. And was maybe in favor of Gary Barnett, and it was Coach Royal that called and said, "No, no, no! I think we found our coach." And uh, you know, Mac Brown was doing a great job at North Carolina at the time. Those were the two top candidates. Mac Brown was the choice, and it turned out to be the right choice. Um, you know, from that though, Gary Barnett ended up at Colorado and did a real nice job there um, with the Buffalo. Yeah, Rick Neuheisel was just kind of the pretty boy, fun-loving guy. Let's go to let's go on little canoe trips and stuff in Colorado. He did okay. Yeah, I'm not claiming they're going to be a power, but who knows with Deion Sanders what that can be. And obviously I think Deion Sanders would be better suited um, because the, okay, can, just you can you keep it simple. You consider Deion Sanders and you want to see his teams play. You know, if they're playing in the Pac-12, they're playing late at night. They're playing on the West Coast most of the time. In this right. situation, they'll be playing games in Texas and in the Midwest and sometimes even East, and you'll get to see a lot of Colorado. Um, you know, and that's, you know, obviously they'll, they'll play their their regional teams that are, because, look, if you just look at a map of the United States, if you were to add the four corner schools to go with BYU, you've got six schools in the west of the Big 12 of the 16. Then you have a nice chunk in the middle. You've got some on the east and that are on the east coast with uh, central Florida and West Virginia. 
Cincinnati, uh, you know, on that direction. And so you can set up regional rivalries. You can you can build your uh, your your your, your conference with 16 teams. Right, and Arizona won't go anywhere without Arizona State, I don't believe. It well, that, that's any... been the conventional thought, Yeah, too. that doesn't make any sense. But I think Oklahoma them. State fans would have told you that Oklahoma won't leave without us, and they did. So I at some of, point— I never kind of believed that. I know that used to be the What old... does Arizona owe Arizona State? Uh, they're just both in-state schools um, that are, you know— they would like to stay together, I think would be the way to put it. Because now, look, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State aren't going to be playing football any longer, and they yeah, might they'd not like play. Keep, they'd like to keep that rivalry that's been forever. Kind yeah. of and again, what I've been told is that Arizona State has been the, the, the program saying, hey, let's be patient with the Pac-12. Let's let this thing play out. Let's not rush to judgment. And it's been Arizona who's been more engaged with the Big 12, because not just with Arizona for football, they like the basketball idea. Absolutely. Uh, they'd like to be a part of that big basketball idea that Brett Yormark has, because they have a great basketball program and a proud basketball tradition. And you drop them in with the likes of Kansas and you know Gonzaga mm-hmm. has been discussed. You know, UConn, already, too. Yeah, UConn in that conversation, already what's going on in the Big 12 with Houston and Baylor and uh, all those you know, top-end basketball programs. But you know, So Arizona has been more reticent or ha- you know, willing to talk. Uh, but now with this, you know, does Arizona State say, okay, you know, we've been patient and we also have to consider other options, which would also lead to Utah. So we'll follow it. It's uh, mind-numbing at times, but at the same time, I think this was predictable if the the Pac-12 couldn't put something together to appease its its membership. And I think that's where we are on this Friday, uh, Thursday morning. Buck off Thursday. Uh, bring those. Bring them strong. We've got NFL training camps open across the National Football League. We've some some developing stories. The Longhorns will go to training camp and begin their fall uh, workouts on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, August the 2nd, will be their, their first practice, according to Coach Sark. Uh, so we'll obviously be getting you ready for that as well and talking all things baseball. Good game last night. We hear this Marcus Simeon. I haven't heard this audio, Ty. You found this. This was after the game. Marcus Simeon was ejected last night. He and Martin Maldonado. It all stemmed from that fifth inning dust-up at home plate after Adolis Garcia blasted a grand slam and uh, you know shut the lights out on Houston, essentially, in the middle of that game. And afterwards, there as as Adolis Garcia and so so Adolis Garcia was getting to home plate. Martin Maldonado, the catcher for the Astros, was standing right near the plate or almost on it. And as Garcia and Marcus Simeon was standing next to him, waiting to greet Adolis Garcia when he got to home plate and uh, give him a high five or whatever. And that's where the words were exchanged, and that led to benches clearing, bullpens clearing, uh, no punches thrown, but both Simeon and. Uh, and Maldonado ejected. Here's Marcus Simeon afterwards. Well, I mean, it's a big game for us. I think that, um, you know, obviously Andrew did not try and hit Jordan. And I got hit with a four-seam fastball from a sinker baller. Um, felt like it was on purpose. I walked to first base. Um, you know, I ended up scoring on a home run. I told Martin... We're going to win this game. And we proceeded to score 11 runs after that. I said, I told you, and I ended up out of the game. Martin, have anything to say to you? Because he has a lot to say to a lot of guys. Well, he, I told him when they hit the home run, I said, we're going to win this game. Um, he said, no, it's just like when you were in Oakland. So when I was in Oakland, they, they won the division twice maybe when he was there we won the division once they beat us in the playoffs and after i scored on a dollars grand slam grand slam i told him i told you we're going to win this game and then all of a sudden their bench is out there and both of us are out of the game i didn't want to get thrown out of the game i just was talking to him we've competed for a lot of years 
and you know, I never want to get thrown out of the game. But that's what... All right, there's Marcus Simeon. A little trash talk. Good for a rivalry. Good for a rivalry. I like it. It's a rivalry, really? Well, it has been. I mean, it's, it's the Lone Star. They play for the Lone Star Cup or whatever it every like year. like a rivalry. Oh, it, it. And it hasn't in a while, as I said, but it was back w- with A.J. Hinch and the Astros when they were building into what they became, and uh, Rangers had some roughnecks up in there. It was good. Uh, it's back to that. That's a good thing uh, for the Lone Star rivalry in my mind. And, you know, they'll, they'll meet again. They've got games to play against each other. And I'd say this, I love Marcus Simeon as a ball player. He's one of my favorites to watch on a night-by-night basis. He is a hell of a ball player. Um, the, what a great signing from Toronto when he came in. And he was referring to when he was in Oakland because he went right. from Oakland to Toronto. Uh, did what he won? That's pretty. I thought he came straight from Oakland. Mm-mm. No, Toronto. Uh, but Simeon is a heck of a ball player, and, and you know that's just good-natured trash talk in my mind. Some would say it's not good-natured, but I thought it was uh, much ado about nothing. And I agree actually with Simeon. I don't think I do not think Andrew Heaney was a, trying to hit Jordan Alvarez. It was kind of scary for the Astros because it was right up uh, right at his shoulder, on top of his shoulder. I mean, it was a you know inch away from his face uh, essentially. And it was just a ball that got away. But then Framber came back and hit Simeon, which really led to what everything we saw last night. But in the end, Framber was bad, and the Rangers took advantage of that and clobbered it and put 13 runs on the board. And, you know, they're two games up in the division as they both have a day off today to cool down. And then big series this weekend. The uh, Astros will play Tampa this weekend. The Rangers will play San Diego in San Diego. That's a nice trip. Get, oh, out, of, yeah. get out of the Texas heat and head out to the coast. Play in San Diego this weekend at Petco Park. If I'm looking to see the next time the Astros and Rangers hook up, that's September. going to be September fourth, yeah. fifth, and sixth. The Rangers have to win all three to win the the silver boot. Yes, because it's uh, six four. Yes, six four right now. They played ten times. Astros have won six. Rangers four. They'll play three more games. That's it. It could be huge considering how close oh, the is. Oh, that time is. of the year for sure. I mean, if if you end up tied, the winner of that series is gonna is gonna win the division. Yeah, and they both are in that right. And the other big development from baseball yesterday, obviously, the uh, Shohei Otani watch is over. Uh, Angels have decided they're not trading him. They've made that decision. They're not going to field offers. And they to, to back up that decision, they then flipped and made a trade. And a pretty good one, too. They traded two of their top prospects to the Chicago White Sox for Lucas Giolito. And Lucas is a uh, – he was one of the guys that the – remember the, when, when the White Sox began their send-off and rebuild, um, their – previous send-off and rebuild. Lucas Giolito was supposed to be a big part of it, and he's turned into a really good pitcher. He's only 29 years old. Uh, big old big old guy, big old right-hander. Uh, he is a nice piece. And if you can get Shohei Otani back to form on the mound, you know, that's a pretty decent one-two punch uh, for, for starting pitching. And, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, got a 3.79 ERA this year. He's 6-6, six and six, but he's on a bad White Sox team. He's a power thrower, 6'6", 245. I like that trade for them. I think every team that's looking for pitching was considering, can we? what do we have to do to get Lucas Giolito? The Angels jumped ahead of that and added him to their staff and at least showing Shohei Otani, look, we want to win. We want to win now. We're going to get Mike Trout back here coming up in August, uh, and we want to win. We want to make the playoffs. Now they're seven out behind the Rangers, and they're four back of a wild card. Still a lot of ground to cover. Um, you know They're behind four or five teams now for the wild card, but um, the Angels making it clear so we won't have the – Shohei Otani watch up to next Tuesday. That's not going to happen. No, I mean, that was going to be hard for them to, to – I know, for the Angels. They, I mean, they can't let the best player in baseball go. Well, now they're going to lose him for nothing in yeah. the offseason. And they've given up more of their farm. So, I mean, it's one of those ro- well, roll of the you dice. You just have to see how they do if they make it to the playoffs or not. Right. And again, if they don't make – or even if they go to the, make the playoffs and it's a quick out, because you make the wild card, you get one game, right? 
Uh, or no, though now they're best of three series. Or showing him and his agent that they're trying to win. Sure, they'll yeah. do anything they can to keep him there. Yeah, and Giolito is a guy you can you can. He's only twenty nine years old. Right. You can keep him, and he can become a centerpiece of your your rotation along with Shohei Otani uh, moving forward. I don't disagree with that at all. But you know if they don't make the playoffs to Ty's point, and then he doesn't resign, and you're just giving up your two top prospects to acquire Lucas Giolito, I think you've set yourself even further back, big picture as an organization. Uh, but, you know, that's that's their decision. That's their call. They're going for it. Uh, you wonder how much of that was the owner, Artie Moreno. Because remember, Artie Moreno is the owner that I think has them in this spot. You know, he's the one that, you know, pushed for big contracts for Albert Pujols, Josh Hamilton late in his career. He right. was the one pushing for the Anthony Rendon deal. Uh, and they've never really invested in their pitching. And that's been their problem. They got they got they can score enough runs. They've got no, but you know when your when your owner is wanting to bring bring in big ticket items, especially older veteran aging stars like Pujols and Hamilton and you know Rendon was coming right off the uh, the World Series win with the Nationals and gave him a huge contract. You know those things have kind of hamstrung that organization, and uh, you know sometimes the owner can get too involved. And if he got if that, is that the decision here, you know if you're the organization. If the owner made this call and you don't make the playoffs, you're you're two steps even further back if Shohei Otani signs away. But it'll be fun to watch, see if they can make the chase when they get Mike Trout back. Now they have Lucas Giolito in their rotation. I like that pitcher. He's tough. He's a, he's a, he's a big uh, he's the kind of guy you want, you know, atop your rotation. Uh, Dylan Cease from the White Sox is also a really good pitcher, and he's, you know, the, whether they'll trade him or not becomes the question. The Astros have been linked to D- Dylan Cease mm-hmm. in some trade talks as well. Uh, so that'll be coming up next Tuesday. Uh, this says, Framber's pitch was on the first pitch. That's true. I have no doubt Framber was retaliating for what happened to Jordan. And I think, you know, as an Astros fan, I it, it's what you do, I guess. But at the same time, I don't think for a second Andrew Heaney was trying to hit Jordan Alvarez on an 0-2 pitch where he's trying to get him out. Uh, he's got him two strikes down in the count. He's not then going to, you know, Plunk him, plunk him on purpose. That doesn't no, make any sense. sense. No. Uh, Framber's was a first pitch, and that was that was a retaliation pitch. And, you know, it led to the to the dust up, and the Rangers got a little angry, and there you go. Good ball club right there in Texas. Uh, no question about that. It says, where's Gene Autry when you need him? Yeah, the singing cowboy. Where's the singing cowboy in L.A.? It's good to be Anaheim. He's the one. Gene Autry's the one who signed uh, Nolan Ryan. Brought Nolan Ryan to back the Angels the way back in the day. Yeah, Nolan Ryan said he grew up loving Gene, Gene Autry, Autry yep. the singing, singing cowboy. Singing cowboy. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, man. I'm now playing for the singing cowboy uh, out in Anaheim. That's a good one. Um, all right. So uh, this says, don't forget Tr- Simeon chirped all the way around the bags at Framber. Oh, yeah. No, look, that's that's the rival. I mean, that's that's to be expected. And when you're oh, playing yeah. the 10th game against that team, it's a heated uh, situation. You know, if last night if I had Houston would have won the game, they'd have been even in the division and have swept the series. So there was there was a lot there last night. And uh Rangers muscled up and and you know got themselves a victory and they leave feeling pretty good and they'll both enjoy a day off today. Pretty soft by Framber. Pretty soft. Weak minded. That's baseball. Come on. <laughs> he now. took the easy way out of that game. What are you talking about? He was either going to be ejected or Dusty was going to take him out after that last pitch. Okay. Well, what head. do you mean weak minded? I mean who 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 was on the mound to win the World Series last year? Weak minded. That's last year. Oh god. Things change. All right. Okay. Big boys are on top now. Oh, and we, and we ain't giving it up. Yeah, you mark you were, my words. You were talking so much yesterday and and Tuesday, uh, well, weren't you? I'm talking now. All right, one win, nice. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick up the B and E facts of the day. Rivalry is heated up in Arlington and Houston. We like it. It's B and E with you.
Rocky and Aaron. Oh man, can you imagine a couple of kids in the main streets of Akron, Ohio, Buck, listening to this uh, album on a Fisher Price record player? A little kiss. The little square top Fisher Price? Yeah, it was like a little open suitcase. Oh, a little suitcase? Yeah, and you could open it up and plug it in and put your records on there. And that's, yeah, we had this one. This was the kiss. Yeah, I was playing a lot of Motown 45s at that time, flipping them over with the Jackson 5. I think my mom was very concerned. And the at that Supremes. Point. Kiss. That was all my brother's fault, too. We were in the Kiss. Um, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and the makeup crew. Uh, that was way back in the day. But uh, having a good time on a Buck Off Thursday, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers, Buck Ons, and Buck Offs. Uh, good debates going on, good conversations. And uh, uh, got a text Buck Off to tie for his punk comments, he says here about. Uh, Framber Valdez, that's good stuff. I like the rivalry. Also, Buck, uh, it is, you know, according to Brett, Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com, who's tied in pretty good on the Big 12 and college football, uh, and he's reporting now that the Board of Regents meeting in Boulder is a mere formality, that uh, Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12 beginning next year, 2024, and that Colorado, according to Brett McMurphy, will receive a full $31.7 million media revenue share. I mean that place is special when it's packed. When Boulder, when when they, when they get it going up there, and they're playing good football, that place is packed. It is oh, Ralphie the un- Buffalo. When Ralphie the Buffalo that came running down the sideline where I was. I was like, wow, this is for real. But as they get pounded for the next two years, it's going to be ugly with twelve thousand. No, they got tickets. As a matter of fact, they they there's ticket sales through the roof. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Dion has lit a fuse on that football program, and I don't know about the athletic department in whole, but the football program is doing well as far as revenues. Yeah, it's true. Interest. Ticket sales. Yeah, interest is my is little brother. My little brother goes there and said there's a little bit of excitement yeah. around campus. So and that's compared. He didn't go to one football game as a freshman last year. Well, I think the one thing that's undeniable. They're terrible. In our B and E facts of the day segment is it's. For either Nebraska nor Colorado, the move to the Pac-12, their moves have not worked. No, right? Obviously, the Nebraska to the Big Ten has, you know, they've fallen as far as any big-time program we've seen. Uh, Colorado has fallen off the map to a one and eleven season last year. I mean, uh, now you know somebody texted and said, "Hey, let's not keep bashing Colorado. Texas hasn't been relevant in nearly twenty years either," and that's that's not untrue. Now it's been longer; it's been shorter time than that. The Longhorns were in the national championship game in two thousand and nine into 2010. They were fairly relevant 13 years ago. Uh, yes, but since that trip to the Rose Bowl and lost Alabama, mm-hmm. it's it's not been a very good football program. It's it's slid and hasn't been on the national stage or even on a high-level stage. That's absolutely true. Uh, but Colorado has fallen a lot further. Uh, oh, for sure. And, you know, Texas has been because of poor leadership and bad coaching hires and uh, all the things we've talked about on a day-by-day basis here on the show. And it feels like it's turning back the other way because they have strong leadership at the top of Texas right now that is united. It feels like they have the right coach in place, and you know the recruiting has been outstanding. And uh, this is poised to be an exciting year for the Longhorns, and we'll see. Uh, but you know, for Colorado, I think it's the right move, and I think this will be the domino that, that relights the fuse on more conference realignment. Because in the end, Buck, everyone's trying to get to where they're going to be in 2024. Like everyone is, when I say everyone, the, the schools that have an opportunity to land in a power conference, they've been waiting on the Pac-12 to do something that, that makes anyone in that conference believe that they can be on par and on oh, tier yeah. with the, even the Big 12, and they haven't been able to do that. So as we say, you know, get out while the getting's good. Uh, get to your spot. And whether that's in the Big 12 for several schools and or you know Washington, Oregon, as we talked about, jumping into the Big 10 to join USC and, and 
UCLA. Those all those things could happen here pretty quickly, Buck. Because yeah, I understand. I, 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 the one fast. I really don't understand is why why is Oregon? Why have they waited? I mean, who is there? They're waiting on all of this to happen so that they can join the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, do they? There you go. That's right. I mean, right. I, yes. yeah. And I I believe that, and I think we've been talking about that for a year now. They, they, Do they need an excuse for that? I mean, it were, yeah. they were going to stick. Yeah, no they don't, was they don't, stick. I don't think they because again, they're going to have to abandon Oregon State, and that you know that the, the, all of those political the Civil War. yes, because um, because the Big Ten's not going to want Oregon State. Uh, they're going to want Oregon. Um, you know, look, the Pac-12 will still exist. There will be a Pac-12, and it will include Oregon State and Washington State and. Cal, and you know they may add San Diego State now. Even through that Mountain West fiasco, um, there will still be a Pac-12. It just won't be a big player uh, on the big stage of college football for sure. And um, but it will still exist as a conference. It just will be without USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. Yeah, they'll be the, the <laughs> semi-fun belt. Yeah, it'll be like the Mountain West Conference essentially, but it'll still be called the Pac-12. And the four big conferences that will, the premier conferences moving forward will be the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. And it's credit to Brett Yormark, who's come in with, you know, aggressiveness and vision that has kept the Big 12 from being the conference that's on the outside looking in. The Pac-12 is now going to be that. Because the, there was going to be one of the five. I do. I, I would love to see how they do in the, in, the, in the Big 12 with the basketball. If he's really going to earmark doing that, that would be, that, that's, I think, I think he is. that's incredible. He's been very open about that, and you know if you had, so if you have these six, let's just play it out for Brett Yormark. If you have these sixteen teams as full time members, Colorado joins along with Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Mm-hmm. You could then add Gonzaga and UConn as basketball only members, which would create an eighteen team basketball conference, which would be the best basketball conference in the country. And Brett Yormark has talked about selling that package on its own. Like we're going to go to networks and streaming services and sell the basketball. Oh, they're going to love that East Coast on if, its own. If UConn was here, so you have a revenue stream that's coming in mostly from football, and now you have a new stream that is basketball only, which helps you compete with the Big Ten and the SEC on overall, overall media rights dollars, uh, which is your mark vision. We'll see. Oh yeah, um, because remember they're trying to. This is all for the the sake of their entire athletic programs. This isn't just oh, for the ones that we talk about. Without we, a doubt. Well, that absolutely. That's yes. You you need to be in one of those Power Four conferences in order to compete with the big boys. And yes, it it pays for your entire athletic department. There's no doubt about that. Uh, never really has. It pays been. for the big boys and the big girls. The big, the big girls too. <laughs> yeah, it pays absolutely. for them all. Hey, speaking of the girls, the U.S. Women's National Team played to a draw with the Netherlands. Got a late goal to equalize it, and uh, they're in a good place there in the Women's World Cup down under. Get your details on that coming up. Also, Buck, this Killian Mbappe story, Buck on to, or Buck off to, I don't even know what to say, Buck on or Buck off, but it looks like Killian Mbappe is going to not he doesn't even, want it. He doesn't even want talk to, to Saudi no. Arabia about a $775 million one-year contract. And good for him. I mean, if you.